everybody. Welcome to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. It's the 25th of February, 2021. And um, obviously there are still some stragglers left on Facebook and DLive. I don't know if um, YouTube's allowing me to stream or not, but I just wanted to give them an opportunity to... uh, Join Twitch or Trovo. Um, I'm going to drop the links into the chat for you guys, just in case. All right. Lots of stuff happening, you guys. Lots of stuff happening lately. Uh, We've got a lot going on in the political sphere. Remember how I talked about Kamala dribbling and drooling over waiting to get rid of Biden? Well, there you go. Now they're talking about nuke codes, which means that uh, we need to know, did they purposely allow Joe Biden to take the position of president, knowingly that he was a uh, problem for us. So for those of you on Facebook, I don't know if YouTube's uh, streaming it or not. Um, Facebook and DLive, though, that I know, I've dropped the links for uh, Twitch and Trovo. Please join because I will be disconnecting um, when we start uh, the show. I wanted to share something. There's going to be a video coming out with this, but... um, Danan, Dianan, uh, is like an awesome musician. And I thought I'd share this song with you. Well, when the song's over, we start. So I'll have to disconnect DLive and Facebook. So um, apps are free. It's free to watch as long as you watch when I'm live. Um, So enjoy. Started searching the net with a face full of sweat. Found Trinity, she was smoking a cigarette with a coffee. Tell you the news and stay frosty. Quantum in the brain, she upgraded her body. Used to play the shadows, that means no paparazzi. Blending in the party, she recorded ever naughty. Kicking with him, and I ain't talking about karate. Posing like a flying and jumping a Maserati. Face scan into the lab after the lobby. Wow, right? How awesome. Like, we need this on iTunes, and, uh, like, I want to buy, like, a million copies, per se. I I mean, I want a lot of things, but we don't get them in life. Speaking of a lot of things, like, today was uh, a crazy morning for me, personal-wise. So, apparently, you know, (laughs) I was jamming this, and I swung by McDonald's, um to get Phoebe, you know, uh, she likes the stupid breakfast burrito, right? So I, I go there, I give my debit card $3, right? No big deal. Um, I go home and then I'm like, let me get my stuff. I go to start the show. And then I went on because I wanted to see, so a couple of days ago, I had gone to a gas station. Now I never use my card at the pump, ever. 
And so when I went into the gas station, I prepaid $30. And when I went out, it was pumping gas. Like I was so empty. <laughs> like You could hear the gas going in. And it was like, so I put it in there. And then after $4, it just totally turns off. Right. And I'm like, oh, so I go back in there. He's like, oh, you have to hang it up and it'll go back on your card. I'm like, whatever, here's 20 bucks. Just give me 20 bucks. I got to get going. And I give him $20 cash and I fill up my tank with $20 and I leave. So I go online to see, hey, did I get that money back from that $30? I keep an eye on that crap, right? Lo and behold, like I had multiple transactions of $20 from a Sunoco gas station. And it wasn't even at a BP that I went there. So I called my bank and I was like, yo, I didn't get any overdraft fees or anything, right? Good thing. Um, but what he told me was, is that now, you know, they're starting to copy your cards in the store. And he's like, you know, I see you made the transactions that says today. And I'm like, that's impossible. The only place I use my card was McDonald's for $3.05. And um, guys, when I'm telling you, it had um, like $120 worth of $20 hits. And I'm actually very careful. I'm actually very careful. So, um, you know, dude, I'm just saying, like, what? So keep an eye out because the when I spoke with the bank this morning, um, they told me that, you know, I never use my card at the pump. I never do that, right? And why I don't do that is because if you use your card at the pump, they, like, put a hold that stays on there for, like, 20 days. That's why I don't use it. And it, that is more deterrent than knowing that someone might be scanning it, especially when it's cold. So I just wanted to say, he said that there's been an uptick of people's cards being compromised and they don't know where it's coming from. So usually what they do is they go and they use a replicated debit card at gas stations. So um, just so you understand, the stores have been compromised or wherever you might have used it physically because they have to make a physical card. And I didn't know this. And my bank told me today there's been a huge uptick. And this is my debit card, you guys. Um, you know, and, you know, I was just looking to see if I got that money from the gas station the other day, if it was, and then I'm like, what happened to my balance? And it's like, whoa. And, you know, obviously I'm going to have to like go to the bank and get a temporary one so that, you know, in case I need 20 bucks or whatever, whatever I need over the weekend, I have access until they send me another one. But I just wanted to advise you and, and I'm surprised, you know, banks should tell all their customers, Hey, there's a new scam. They spam us with so much crap, right? So many crappy emails, right? They spam us. Why can't they send us an email? Hey, there's this new fraud thing going on. Maybe you guys want to monitor your account. Now, the guy to tell me that, you know, um, he he's he feels better, um, you know, he was like, <laughs> uh, well, we did put a fraud alert and blocked your card. And I was like, well, gee, thanks. But, you know, if I knew about it, I'd be more aware and I'd be watching more often rather than just getting like a text alert. Hey, your balance is so much, right? So that I know when I go shopping, what I have, you should have like sent off a letter. I mean, you always, you know, uh, advise someone. He's like, yeah, but if we tell people about the new frauds and they get scared, I was like, but you should tell them so they're aware of it um, to keep an eye out. So um, 
I do have text alerts, but those aren't always straight away on my debit card. So I just thought I'd let you know that they're actually replicating debit cards. And he's like, you know, one uh, such instance happened where people were shopping at a Target. So that's where they saw, um, you know, the common co common place. So even when you were checking out at Target, someone can take that software and, um, you know, uh, the, the information and replicate a card. I just, a card. I, I, I thought I'd tell you that because that's cray cray. So we're going to talk about fraud, um, and information. Um, just so for everyone on D live and, fa and Facebook, um, it's turning off now. So, um, hopefully you guys made it to Twitch and Trove. Um, Trovo. Why do I keep saying Trove? Okay. So let's start with the whole information data mining. So data, as I've said before, is um, worth its bit in gold. And if you remember about a year ago, I was telling you, hey, you know, parlor, they don't want this ID. They want a very verified ID. They want all this stuff and he won't verify me, and then all this thing, and it seems a little bit funny because I don't know where the money's coming from. Uh, you know, you should stay away. Um, just stick with Gab and whatever. You know, just learn to camouflage yourself. I'd feel concerned about giving a government-issued ID to a social media platform, but here's the thing. Here's where some people don't see it. Yes, yes, we don't like the leftist insane. And fear porn, fear porn is a massive, massive drove, right? Motivator to make people do something, right? When you're scared, you're going to hop off. When you're scared, you're going to change uh, the situation. And when you're ostracized, you look to where you feel safe. Well, that's what happened with Parler. All these big social media influencers told you to go on to Parler. Trust us. Nobody even thought, why the heck do they need my ID to verify me? Not only that, they wanted you to have a verified account with no verification perks, except for texting maybe or something between each other. And, you know, we've talked about the Mercers, right? They're, they're no different than the Soros family. That's a fact. We also have the Fonjul brothers. <laughs> that's a whole different, that's an animal that's huge. But where the Mercers come in, comes in with Cambridge Analytica. If you remember in Shadowgate 1, I talked about how President Trump was smart enough to decline Cambridge Analytica's assistance. You should rewatch Shadowgate 1 and see, because that is a data mining thing. So what happened was, and you should think about it, how many of these people... And I know Laura didn't. Laura Loomer wasn't a paid advertiser. She was just silenced, and that's all she had. So she was, like, on there. But how many other people were promoting to get onto Parlor? How many of them got a cut? Now, a lot of people say, well, Dan Bongino was in on it. So was Meadows. You know, they were investors in it. So they used their names as being what? Your friend as being what? Conservatives as being what? On your side. And they use that to coax you to come over and give your data. Uh, you have to remember that Laura Loomer never ever did that, okay? Because she was one of the first people in Parlor. So was I. My Parlor account was open when Parlor went live. I'm one of the oldest Parlor users out there along with Laura Loomer. 
Yet they never gave me the badge that I was one of the earliest ones there. So all these people that had interest in it is where it's important. I also pointed out that on Rumble, I stopped uploading because they had like their leaderboards and it was all Bongino's friends and all these other people. And I was like, yo, I have more Rumbles than them. Why isn't my shit on there? Why is mine not on the leaderboard? Not because I wanted it to show, but I wanted to see how the algorithms work. And I even put in a ticket to Rumble and said, hey, um, you know, I have like a hundred rumbles on this. And so why is somebody else at spot, you know, number two, you know, with like 80 rumbles when I have a hundred something and they're like, yeah, um, well it'll update. And it's like, stop, stop. This is just to promote your friends or whoever invests This is bullshit. So I just wanted to say you have to be paying attention. Fear and censorship is one way to drive you out. But then there's someone else saying, come to me. What does that tell you? You think the social media networks didn't work together on this shit? That's what I'm saying. You think they didn't work together on this shit? Now, a lot of people say, well, you know, Dan Bongino did this. He's a good guy. Yeah, maybe. Maybe he was unknowing. Right. Maybe he was unknown. Maybe. But you know what I learned in my life? A lot of maybes kind of like uh, eye roll maybes. Okay. Um, You know, I've always said Gab was great, but Gab is people funded, self-funded. And, uh, you know, that is how they're getting it done. Gab is great at what they're doing. Uh, You know, hardcore. They were pushed pushed aside. No one gave them any, you know, anything, anything. I'm just saying, you know, Andrew Torba, he's a really good person. He's just a good person. Now everyone's really salty and they're like, oh, it's just him because we're a competitor. I'm sorry, Parler. You don't compete with Gab. (laughs) Gab is like on another level. You're on another level. Okay. They're not the same. You're not comparing apples and oranges. So when people say, oh, he's just, they're competitors. They're not competitors. I'm sorry. They're not competitors. So they're not competitors, period. Um, Gab and Parler are not competitors at all. (laughs) One is a click. The other one's actually a social media platform. Let's don't get that twisted. Okay. So, um, you know, even though Gab has its downfalls, you know, I find, you know, I can't find my chat properly. I can't put things out properly. I'm still getting a little bit confused on things. That's okay. It's growing pains. Nothing is perfect from the get-go. I mean, there's another one, Patriot Pals, that I've signed up for. I like it. It's like a Facebook, but for Patriots. I kind of like that too. Um, so I'll share that next week. That's like, a, I'm, I'm still feeling it out. Um, I like it. So I wanted to tell you this uh, social media war thing. I was actually quite impressed, I have to say, that the National File compared the Mercers to Soros. Because we've been saying that for a very, very long time. You know, there are people that are running this nation that you know and don't know, that you may think you know and you may not know, right? Um, It's kind of interesting, interesting, that now it's coming out. I I mean, at least it's coming out now. I mean, 
they were behind the whole Dish Network scandal. They were behind the whole uh, President Trump campaign scandal. They've been behind every single freaking scandal. They pay people like Ali Kakbar. They pay people that scam people. They funded the plot. They funded things that are pro-Trump, but they also funded things that are negative Trump. I mean, at least the Jewel brothers have two brothers, and they split the whole dancing on both sides to make it seem. You know what I'm saying? The whole duality thing, right? But at the end of the day, it's all about data. They want your money. I mean, uh, Cambridge Analytica has been pushing to get these 5G contracts. You guys, there's so much going on that no one is telling you about, all right? They're not telling you crap about it. And what Parler did was take your data. What did I say Twitter did? They took your data. What did Parler do? Data, data, data. And I've said that. They're taking your data. They're feeding the shadow net, their analytics. Cambridge Analytica has their own. Remember, that's what they did. That's what they were doing. And now everyone's getting all these um, uh, spams, aren't you? These RNC spammy emails. How many of you are getting those? I'm getting like 20 a day. And I've tried to unsubscribe. I've blocked them. I've done everything. Do you know where they're coming from? Right. Parlor, Cambridge Analytica. That's what's going on. They won't even take it off. That's what's going on. So what you have to understand is that the war is huge. It has, it's not just the leftist insane people. We're talking the right too. It's all about control. And yesterday we had movie night. And, I, and there were many things in there that people were like, wow, it was a great documentary. It was actually quite recent. I think 2019 uh, it was put out. And it was really great. It was talking about... Um, how they were using third eye spies. Now we're going to elaborate a little bit on that. Not too much, not, not yet because people aren't there yet. People aren't there yet. Even though you think you're there yet, you're really not there yet, but it will help you understand why those projects are so hush hush, why people uh, went missing and how dangerous those people are. So you either kill them or you lock them in a basement. You can't lock them in the basement when they're visible. And you can't kill them when they're visible. Because the thing is, you know their capabilities. And if you know their capabilities, you know better than to provoke. Especially when they have like a conscious. So we're going to talk about that and you're going to understand what the problem is and where the limitations are. Because this feeds into all this stuff that I've been talking about in regards to quantum. Right. So it all goes back to quantum. And you know, what was amazing is, is that the guy that actually worked on these projects was a physicist and worked on lasers. And it was, and it took him a whole lifetime to see that, um, these, uh, experimentations that were done, these persons that had the ability to, you know, I know a lot of people think astral projecting, you, you don't get it. And I'm going to try to help you understand how that process works. It's not as tutti fruity as people want to see it. It's not as hokey, you know, as people want to see it. It's actual science. And we've been talking about it, and I've been giving you the building blocks. You know how um, uh, our kids now are learning how to code by playing with games where they're like Legos, right? And so Lego this, Lego that, and then word this and comma and apostrophe that. And then suddenly um, they move forward 
right? And they're just like, damn, I can code like crazy because they had the building blocks in other shapes and forms. Well, then things start to click, right? They start to click. So hopefully um, you can understand that. Um, so before we get into that, so you can understand that, and then um, tomorrow we'll talk about prime numbers um, that'll fill in a couple gaps. And even though you may sit there and think, hmm, uh, I'm not getting it, just let it sink in a little bit because it's going to take that one moment of click and it's like pulling that thread and everything unravels. So other people get it with different forms of information. I mean, I think I expressed to you guys once when I was sitting there trying to understand the spins of atoms, of non-organic atoms, and how they operate. And it wasn't until I saw the relationship between two electrons that it just like, it's like I was warped out. And I was like, whoa, totally got it now. Because it was some little building block that I hadn't mastered or understood or unlocked. Because when you think about it, there's nothing you don't know. Everything is embedded in your DNA. It's about unlocking it. How many of you have studied a topic or, you know, were in math class and you were like, oh, I'm so lost. And then it's like you see a number upside down and you're like, oh, totally makes sense. Now I get it. You know, it's like this, this unlocking phase of understanding things. And we only like to do things that we understand, of course, right? We only like to do things when we understand them because that's how we can, um, you know, take grasp of it and, and, and make it our bitch. We like to do that, right? So um, I, before we do that, I want to get into a few news. Um, so Ministry of Truth. Do you guys remember when we did that whole episode with the Ministry of Truth? And we were laughing about it because it was uh, Adam Schiff's Ministry of Truth, right? You, you remember? Well, now it's becoming more of a reality months down the line. And that's because that something is exactly what they are planning. Well, what they, they're trying to plan. You know, there's a lot of wrenches being thrown in, regardless of the hindrances that we've had due to human passions. I mean, there are seven sins per se. And, and those delay things. The more greedy or, you know, um, green. Envy is, for me, the worst um, sin. Do you know why? It's not just like being jealous, but being jealous that you're not that because you know you can be that and you're not. It's like, I'm jealous of a lot of people, the people that can sleep. <laughs> like I'm telling you, there are so many times that I've had loved ones, you know, lay next to me, lay on the couch and they can sleep and I want to just smack them across the face. And I'm like, how... How could they just lay down and sleep? That's so not fair. And not because <laughs> I hate them, but because I'm jealous of people who can sleep. Um, because I want to be able to just lay my head and just go to bed, right? I, this is just an example. Or someone that's a bigger person than me, not bigger in size. <laughs> I do not wish that on anyone. Um, but, you know, that are... Uh, eat, uh, how do I say it? Um, more... Um, prone to um, being more gracious about things, right? Uh, kind of like uh, last week, I, I lost my, I lost it in a store. <laughs> the guy was like, 
you need to wear a mask. I was like, um, I have a medical condition. Where's your papers? I was like, what? Are we doing papers? You need me to wear a yellow star? You're going to violate my HIPAA because you want to see papers. You need to see papers. And I was like, fuck you and your stupid papers. And I shouted really loud. So I was the crazy person in the store and I walked out. So I would like to have that ability to control um, those outbursts. <laughs> So when I see people that are more collected, right, I'm just like, I'm jealous. Not because you're, you're doing it, but because I know I can do it and I'm not, right? So this is why I think that the green sin is the worst one. It makes all the other ones come in, right, um, and feed into it personally. Because anytime I've done something that, that is spiteful or bad, it's because I'm upset that something's better than me, I guess. Or I see in the other person something that I want to be and, I, and I'm not, and I hate myself. So obviously I'm transferring that hate to them. That's usually how it goes. And that's when I lose my temper and I, and I lose it quite often. <laughs> I lose it quite often. Um, I'm actually waiting. Um, have you guys seen that? <laughs> have you guys seen that Facebook thing that has been going around or was it on TikTok where the guy went to a restaurant and he brought like a little digital scale and weighed his um, filet mignon. He was like, um, we ordered an eight ounce. This says it's six ounces. Guys, okay, I found a digital scale. I went to go um, and get bed sheets and I found <laughs> in the last act section of Macy's a food digital scale for like $4. So I'm going to do that. The next time I go out, I'm totally taking the scale with me and I'm going to measure my steak. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to do it. I'll tape it and I'm going to do it because that, that was super funny because the waiter's face was like, um, did you guys see it? I, I don't know. Yeah. Pre-cook weight. I know. But the water weight shouldn't, the water shouldn't be three ounces off, right? Or something like that. I think it was like five ounces should be about a, about an ounce to an ounce and a half max off. And the guys was like three ounces off, but anyway, it was hilarious. And I thought that would be so funny. If you sit there and when the waiter brings it just to get their face on camera, you take your steak and you just put it on the scale and you're just like, I'm just checking to make sure that it's, you know, an eight ounce. Um, that just would be funny to troll and make them laugh too. Um, you know, I'm the type of person that when I check out at the supermarket, you know, they're like, did you find everything you need? And I'm usually the smart ass saying, why are you hiding anything? And it, sometimes it takes a minute. Other people laugh, you know, <laughs> right away. Um, but anyway, enough of that. Let's get to, let's get to today's news that you need to know, because most of the stuff that's going around is bullshit and we don't need to know about it. So starting with, um, starting with, let's start with the war on free speech and the ministry of truth that we mocked and now is looking to be a reality. Occurred this afternoon at the request of two left-wing Democrats from California, Anna Ishu and Jerry McNearney of California, who we will now refer to as the leaders of the ministry of truth, recently wrote a letter to cable companies in the hopes of silencing Newsmax Fox News, and OAN. They claim the Capitol Hill riot was caused by these networks broadcasting allegations of voter fraud in the 2020 election. 
Ishu and McNearney, of course, would love nothing more than conservative news to disappear. They salivate thinking of a country where only their ideas are possible. They gaze at China with an envy so deep it hurts. Sadly for them, as left as this country is becoming, it appears we're not quite ready for full-blown censorship and state-run media. The most ironic part of today was the fact that the Ministry of Truth started their hearing with what now appears likely to be a lie. Repeating again the now very questionable story of Officer Brian Sicknick's death. This led directly to the horrific events of January 6th, the attack on our capital and our democracy by insurrectionists motivated by former President Trump. Five lives were lost that day and more have been lost since. A Capitol Police officer was murdered. Capitol Police officer murdered. Last night, we reported Officer Sicknick's own mother says she believes her son died of a stroke. She said he was not hit in the head. Do you think the Democrats care about that? Of course not. Congressman Steve Scalise, who was shot and nearly killed by a left-wing gunman, picked apart calls for censorship about five minutes into the meeting. The day that a gunman walked onto a baseball field and shot at over a dozen members of Congress, including myself. Uh, there's been a lot of investigation into it. The FBI did a report. Uh, the gunman was motivated by hypercharged rhetoric that he was hearing from the left, from high prominent elected officials, as well as media personalities. I don't blame those other people. I blame the shooter. Uh, Common sense, let it wash over you. Conservatives also pointed out the obvious. If we are canceling Newsmax and Fox, we need to cancel CNN and MSNBC for years of dangerous lies, alleging Donald Trump was a Russian agent. Years of lies. How many times did they talk about that story? Every day for two years? About the president of the United States. Talk about dangerous. So now, at this point, we're all canceled, right? Now we have no cable news. The newspapers would love that. And maybe that's why they've been so quiet. The New York Times, the Washington Post were once fierce defenders of the First Amendment, not today. And now think about this. Can you imagine if this hearing was led by Republicans? Imagine if today started with a letter from Jim Jordan and Devin Nunes requesting cable companies cancel CNN and MSNBC over their allegations that Donald Trump was a Russian asset and all of that reporting. Imagine they wrote the letter right after the Mueller report came out. Can you imagine the outrage? It would be insanity in this country right now. But today, no outrage from the mainstream press, nothing. In fact, if you Google today's hearing, and you should, you'll notice nobody even covered this thing. It's unbelievable. Evidently, the left no longer cares about freedom of speech and freedom of the press. They'll happily trade that for an unbreakable leftist society where conservatives thought is suppressed and destroyed. Fair-minded journalists no longer run these mainstream media institutions. Left-wing activists are running the show now. This is all part of the plan. They've put these people in these places. It's working really well. Whatever journalists are left are afraid of them. We've seen that at the New York Times. The people that have worked there for, for decades have no idea what's happening to that newspaper. It's really scary. As far as freedom of speech, Georgetown law professor Jonathan Turley put it best today. Those seeking limits often speak of free speech like it's a swimming pool that must be monitored and carefully controlled for purity and safety. I view it more as a rolling ocean. It is indeed dangerous, but it's also majestic and inspiring. It's a So using that swimming pool analogy, so what are they going to do? Are they going to like put that ink in there that 
changes color when you pee in it. So when you step out of line, they could drown you in that pool because that's where it's going. That's where it's going. This is terrifying. It should terrify everyone. Men's size allows for a natural balance. Free speech allows false ideas to be challenged in the open rather than driving the sensing viewpoints beneath the surface. There was a lot of great speeches like that today. The, the cure for bad speech is more speech, not less speech. We shouldn't be canceling anything. We should be putting more out there. That's why this country works. Common sense again prevails. Republican Kathy McMorris Rogers, the committee's ranking member, delivered one of the best blows against the Ministry of Truth. Take a listen. Elected officials using their platform to pressure private companies to censure media outlets they disagree with? That sounds like actions from the Chinese Communist Party, not duly elected representatives of the United States Congress. It's very true, very well put. And to Democrats, Anna Ishu and Jerry McNearney, you should be utterly embarrassed by writing that letter. All right, House Republicans aren't taking this lying down. 13 members of the Energy and Commerce Committee sent a letter today to the acting chairwoman of the FCC, urging her to defend the First Amendment, saying in part, House Democrats' recent actions directly contradict their prior stance on the importance of protecting broadcasters and opposing government-sanctioned censorship. One of those who signed this bill, one of the 13, is Congressman Bill Johnson of Ohio. And sir, thank you so much for taking the time. Thanks a lot. Good to be with you. All right. So a huge story for us here at Newsmax, obviously. Democrats are trying to destroy our business, destroy our livelihood, uh, and ruin the press in this country. Why did you feel it was so important to sign on to this? Well, because of exactly what Kathy McMorris Rogers said. Yep. Because what, what our Democrat colleagues are doing by trying to pressure private companies into taking Newsmax and Fox News and and uh, OAN off of their networks, that's eerily similar to what the Chinese did just two weeks ago when they took uh, BBC off of their networks because it didn't meet their criteria for telling the truth. Look, the American people are tired of fake news. They don't trust fake news. They want free and open speech. You said it, Rob. The idea behind uh, um, freedom of speech is more speech, not less speech. Absolutely. I mean, uh, you talked about this, the story from the BBC in China. I want to go to that for a second. You brought it up in today's hearing. China recently, just for everyone at home, banned the BBC from broadcasting in China for, quote, violating requirements that news should be truthful and fair. Sound familiar? Sounds very familiar, right? The BBC had reported on China's treatment of the Uyghur Muslims and the horrible things that they're doing to the Uyghurs, they got banned for that. And so I just wanna ask you, imagine what stories Democrats might find unfair if they controlled our media. Well, I, I don't know about you, Rob, but I'm not interested in the Democrats being the arbiters of truth. No. That's why we have the First Amendment. That's why we have a free and open press to act as the referee and to call a foul when they, when they see the truth being manipulated. We don't need Democrats or liberals having the, uh, the corner market on defining what is true and what is not true. Sure. And that's what is so egregious about what my colleagues did by sending that letter. Because, I mean, this is what an authoritarian government like, uh, like the Chinese Communist Party does. It's not what the United States legislature does. 
Absolutely. And again, I want to reiterate for our viewers, uh, as you did in the hearing today, Congressman, Newsmax never condoned any of the rioting that took place at the Capitol, not one bit. Take a listen. Images that I've seen this afternoon at the Capitol, frankly, disgust me. Violence has no place in our society. Destruction of public property has no place. Disrespecting law enforcement is not acceptable. This is un-American. This is not what we do. We are better than this, and we must denounce this. We I'm sorry. I can't. I can't look at Sean Spicer with a straight face. You know, I really wish that we were at that dinner together because I'd be like, yo, where's that yellow bib shirt? Traitor. 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 I would totally tell him his face. Cha-cha-cha. Okay. Sorry. And the violence. We condemn it, all right? The people who did illegal things must be arrested. The small fraction of Wednesday's massive DC crowd took it way too far. And we at Newsmax condemned that. We, we condemned this immediately. I condemned it on the air while we, while we were covering the breaking news. Uh, and so I want to point out, that's unlike the mainstream press and the way they handled a lot of the left-wing riots and protests and a lot of the damage we saw last summer. Yeah, I, I said the same thing, Rob. I said... Anybody that attacks our capital and attacks Capitol yep. Police and tries to hurt and harm and, and, and potentially kill members of Congress, they ought to be put in prison. Just like people that attack a federal courthouse in Portland or Seattle or a police station or shoot law enforcement officers. Remember what the mainstream media call the protests and the riots that, that, that killed people and destroyed businesses and facilities throughout last year, sure. they called them mostly peaceful protests. They didn't take the same view. Yeah, absolutely. Two Democrats who are calling for us to be canceled, uh, both of them uh, that wrote the letter are both from Silicon Valley. Uh, and I wanna ask you this, it makes it kind of funny when you think about the fact that they're not calling for similar scrutiny from their pals in big tech. And I just find, you know, they're right there in Silicon Valley. You wonder what kind of connections there are between these big tech companies. A lot of people mad at Facebook after what happened. They're not calling them out. They're just calling out us. Well, it, it goes to the double standard. Yeah. They have one standard for liberal Democrats and another standard for conservatives, especially conservative Republicans. And that's what makes this so egregious. Yeah. They want to control what speech is authorized, what speech is true, what speech is allowed. That's not the way the First Amendment of the Constitution of the United States works. Mm. A recent Suffolk USA Today poll shows that among the most trusted news sources for Trump voters, Republicans, Fox came in at 34 percent, Newsmax at 17 percent. Uh, and then you can see on the way down there, uh, it won't happen. But imagine conservative media was actually canceled. Imagine that. How long ago is this like... Uh poll the the none of them should be at like 55 percent right now one america news nine percent come on you have assets everywhere people either married to, to contractors or are contractors or are paid assets agency assets come on come on i should be more like 55 percent right now this is such rubbish mcnearney and issue got their way what do you think this country looks like with just a one-sided press? <laughs> I, I can't even imagine. You know, we, we've seen so much of that. We saw three and a half years of, of, of attacks 
on Donald Trump, even before he came into office. Uh, and, and, and we saw the lies, the, the Russian collusion hoax, uh, the, the, the false impeachment, the first one and the second one, uh, trying to just distract and distract and distract from the fact that they do not have a plan to improve the quality of life for the American people. Yep. And, and that's what makes this so bad. We're sent here to work on behalf of the American people. That's what the American people think that we're supposed to be doing. We're not supposed to be trying to control the speech that they can hear and not hear. Absolutely. Well said, Congressman. Uh, Bill Johnson of the state. I'm glad they're getting it. It's not about just silencing you. It's about silencing what you're allowed to access, right? What information you're allowed to have. Um, it's, it's quite interesting how, you know, people are now starting to speak correctly. Uh, a little bit too late, but whatever. You know, I'm, I'm actually, you know, I feel really bad because it, it sounds like boasting when it's really not. It's trying to direct you to where, um, okay, I have to... <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, I have to share this. I really have to share this because it just made me laugh so hard. Okay, so this just went through my screen when I was looking to find something to show you guys. I'm sorry, and I lost my train of thoughts, but I'm going to share it with you. Okay, so is it this one? Yes, it is. Okay, so um, I, I, you know, on Gab, there's very few people that I follow only because it's really hard for me to see my feed, right? And one of them is iPod1776. So I'm trolling through the feed to find what I wanted. And I come across this, like, who's not going to laugh? Be honest. People actually still on Twitter and it shows. <laughs> is that from like Matt Damon where he was all alone on Mars? I'm sorry. I found that hilarious because that's exactly where all social media channels are going to be. I mean, he makes some really good memes, you know, and that was in response to um, what Disclosed TV put out, which is Justin Twitter has started to flag links to CPAC's website. CPAC.org is unsafe. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's like his, his humor or her, you don't know, you don't know, um, is um, <laughs> so freaking funny. Let me see if, <laughs> let me just make you guys laugh a little bit. I need a laugh because all morning I was just on, on the phone with them. Welcome to Tara <laughs> Oh God, because he's not on Twitter. Let's see. Lady Gaga's dog walker is shot four times. Gender is a, just a construct. Then so is the wage gap. By the way, I just wanted to say, let me just, uh, let me get back to my train of thought by telling you something. Um, so I was watching these, um, the TikToks, you know, man, don't get on TikTok watching stuff. Because next thing you know, it's like four hours later. And you're just like, what? Five minutes went by watching crap. But there was this one where it was this, you know, girl with like rainbow hair color, licking her fingers going like, yeah, look at me. Like I attract both genders. I'm so cool. Right. And then <laughs> some, some person was like, that's right. Did you just say two genders? Oh, two genders. Yet she was like, there's multiple genders, but she was like, I attract both genders. So they know what they're saying is bullshit, but they're still saying it just to say it. That's the point. 
The point is that they're only using these arguments, right, to irritate you. And because they think, you know, that that they're more superior to you because they believe in all these genders. I think it was like a couple of years ago when I told you that, you know, when we were doing our research in the lab, I'd gotten a paper that said that I had to put like 31 genders on. I was like, fuck that. You're either a male or a female. Uh, that's not happening. You could take your equal opportunity somewhere else until God creates all these other genders. We're going to stick to two. And you could call me racist. You could call me, uh, you know, whatever it's you're, you're, there's two genders. Two sexes, two sexes, okay? Two sexes. You can identify as whatever you want. And there's per people out there that identify as furniture. So, oh my God, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> Damn my pots. Why do you put things like that? Why did you do that? I totally lost my train of thought. Okay. So anyway, going on the free speech train and the social media train, I just wanted to say, um, gosh, I'm still laughing about that meme. It just caught me with my pants down. I don't want to um, sound like I'm boastful. That's where I was going with, with like, ha, see, told you, ha, see, told you. And I'm not doing it to be like, oh, yeah, I'm trying to point out because I'm not probably the only person saying it, right? Um, but, I mean, come on. We talk about something and you see it coming. So obviously the news that you're getting is not really news. It's recycled garbage. And that's what I'm trying to point out. I, you know, if it comes off that I'm boasting, I don't mean it to, to, to be in that sense. I'm just trying to show you the difference between actually giving you news and facts and people just milking whatever, you know, presence they may have with garbage. So one of those things was my, um, my post about the fifth column, uh, you know, and I know a lot of people are salty about it, but I really don't care. Um, cause a lot of people came out and told the world what the fifth column meant and, and they didn't know what it meant. So, you know, uh, like, why are you talking if you don't know what it is? Why are you pretending to like decrypt? or, you know, or know what you're talking about. So I'm going to share my screen and talk you through from the podcast. So if you remember during the zoom calls, and this is, um, one screenshot that I put up right from the zoom calls, the word fifth column, I, I put that there. No one else did. Okay. I put that there. They were showing you the columns of government right? And this is what they were showing you. And you have to remember this chick, Pentagon. The other chick was Siza. So this isn't games. This is why I said people with big platforms were irresponsible. Irresponsible. Because could it have been that it was envy? Oh, I don't want to say that person. Or do, did they think that they knew who Millie was, who I was, right? Because they're starting to get the clue of who we are. And, you know, now they're eating crow and they're like, shit, how do we fix this? You can't. You got to just shut up, buck up and start actually putting news because people are going to figure you out. All right. They've already done that. So the, the point of the matter here is that they could have put this out so people understand what everything out there meant and what was being discussed. I, I told you guys about parlor. I got a lot of rubbish for that, 
got a lot of heat for that um, from friends too. But um, I, I feel like, you know, we're constantly going in circles. It's like I told you guys about Ratskin. Why? Because he was going to play a big role coming up. And I'm not trying to say, see, I knew. it's because there's other people probably that were talking about this, right? I just haven't found them. Maybe you did. I haven't. But, the, you know, end of the day is everything else in between is rubbish. It's not news. And it's junk for the brain. You know, it's junk for the brain. You know, people are now telling you, oh, look, they don't want Joe Biden to have the codes. And it's like, stop. Who told you about the problems with Joe Biden first? Think of all the people that were saying it. Right? I told you that Kamala Harris is always in the background dribbling and waiting. These code things, it's a big deal because it's coming from his own party. And then they're trolling you with caskets coming out of the White House because they know you're looking so you could go down that rabbit hole and look crazy. They're trolling you. They're trolling you. Stop falling for it. You're not, they're not going to sit there while they know that there's a video camera with a casket if they don't want you to see it. I'm saying we need to be more astute. Okay, we need to be a little bit more. They know we're watching. They know we've got people hiding up in trees and everywhere. They are showing you things to get you to go down to the rabbit hole. Kind of like the election fraud. It was total fraud. They were telling you that they were going to steal it. And they were planning on you mitigating to steal it. Whoa, we've been talking about this for a year. And everyone was going along, just following the line leader of corruption, right? Because it was the right thing to do. I mean, if you see someone stealing it, you're going to be like, don't steal it. But if they're planning to let you see them steal it, so that way you can chase them, guess what you do? You don't fucking follow them. You flip it on their head. And that is exactly what they should have done. But they didn't. And you know why? It's an important lesson for many people to read. Speaking of iPod, damn. Oh, I have to go back to his thing. He put out this thing, and I wanted to read it to you. That's why I was on there too. He put out this um, little blurb, and it was um, so, so nice to read. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it to you. Today I went out to take a walk and noticed a small bird trapped in a lobby trying to find a way out. The facade of the building is all glass. So he kept running into the glass and getting knocked down, growing more frantic every time. His little bird friend was on the outside trying to help to no avail. I walked tried to corner him, but he but knew he would be cautious. So I went back and forth, trial him or guide him out to the open door. At one point, he clocked himself pretty good, which stunned him, and he stopped for a minute. I was able to give him just a little pet to let him know he could trust me. He gave me a curious look and tried to fly off, but knocked into the window again. This time, I tried to encourage him to perch on my finger. And just as he did, he panicked again and flew off. This time, he flew high up and came down at such a speed that when he hit the window, he knocked himself clean out and lay down on his side. I was mortified. I ran over to him and caught him just as he came to. Once he was in my hands, I could feel that he was too tired to fight. I carried him out and whistled to his friend, then gently spoke to him as I stroked his poor knotted head. 
He looked up at me and I could tell that he realized he should have trusted me. But can you blame him? Poor guy. He sat there for a while before finally flying away. Had he only just let those strange hands guide him to safety instead of desperately flaying away, flailing away at the same escape routes. As I walked away, I realized that I that it was I who just received the life lesson. So that's a lesson that many of us learn over and over and over again. Um, you know, that, you know, is pretty incredible. Because a lot of people fear things they don't know. A lot of pe people fear things, and I've said this before, human nature, when someone looks different, right, we instantly um, get scared of them, right? This is true from however back history really goes, right? When someone looks different, you you feel fear, you know? Uh, you know, why are you scared of spiders, okay? They have a lot of eyes, they're creepy crawly, but it's because they look different. Like if if aliens were to come down now and said, take me to your leader, first of all, I tell them this is a really bad time because that dude's totally not our leader. But I'm just saying, if they came down, you know, uh, you know, they look different. And what's the first thing you're going to do? You're going to be scared. They've got teeth everywhere. They're drooling. You know, they could look really, you know, messed up. Who knows? Or they might be really tiny and freak you out. Nobody knows, right? Well, per se. So if you see something that's different, like even if an angel came to you, you'd probably be scared at first instance. You're sitting at your desk and then this dude turns up or this chick turns up and they're glowing and stuff. And you're like, yeah, I'm totally fine with this. No, you're not. You're going to be scared at first. You're going to be scared at first. And that's a normal response. But when you see that glowing angel or, you know, someone that doesn't look right to you, doesn't, you know, nope, people like that don't exist. Things like that don't exist. When they don't look right to you, you have to see their actions. And when you can see their actions are not threatening, you realize, you know, you've put yourself through all this trouble when you didn't have to. This is why starting everyone at 100% is important. At 100%. I know a lot of people say trust is built. No, you give it to your neighbor at 100%. Their actions will determine if they are worthy to have it, right? Are they doing the job? It's like when you go to a restaurant, you should pay your bill before you eat, right? You should put the money out before you eat. I mean, you already know you're going to spend it, right? But if you're going to pay that bill or how much of that $100 bill you're going to pay, it's going to be dependent on if they've done what they said they were going to do, and that's feed you quality food. It's always supposed to be at 100%. See, you've been taught wrong. Everybody's been taught wrong. Like I was taught this. My dad told me this. My dad told me this at a young age. You know, why aren't you talking to people? I don't know. People are just weird. I don't like human beings. And he would say, well, you always have to take them at 100%. And I said, how? These people are evil, innately evil. They just hate each other. They kill each other. They rape each other. How do I do it? Just do it. But then I get hurt. Yeah, you'll get hurt a little bit. You'll get hurt a little bit. Think if you entered every single relationship with 100% trust. I'm not saying give them your bank account number and your social security number and shit, right? You know what I mean. You go in there at 100%, right? At 100%. And, and, you, and, and you know, you may think, okay, like bar, shitty history. I know that stuff. Been to Panama. I'm just saying we're going to talk about that when I can. But, I, you know, I, I know exactly who, what, when. 
but you take them at 100% and it's their job to stay there. That's how you do it. That's how you test the loyalty of the person's word, not loyal to you, loyal to their word and who they are. See, loyalty is not being loyal to you like, I'm so devout that I'm going to protect you at all costs. You're going to protect me at all costs because you consider me your friend, your counterpart, your member, right? You won't throw me under the bus. And you will not betray me because people that have the quality of betrayal are not to be trusted in the first place, right? Loyalty is a big deal. But you know, like I said, humans are not good. They are sin, 100%. And they build to get that out. So when you meet someone new, when someone new comes into your realm, either that be face-to-face, over the radio, over the internet, on your social media, in a newspaper, take them at 100%. When people tell you who they are, believe them. Believe them. When they tell you who they are, believe them. Because, you know, the devil's never going to come to you and say, don't do this. That evilness that people have. He's not going to say, oh, just, just take it. Just, just who cares? Just say this. Because guess what? You do this, you're going to have so much money, right? And then as a good Christian, you're like, yeah, maybe if I just, oh, it's just a little white. Mm, I'll just do it. You know, then it's like, oh, now I want to go to church. You can't go to church. God won't forgive you. But the devil was telling you, well, God will forgive me. He'll understand my temptation. Yeah, he freaking does. But if you know that you're not supposed to do it and you still do it and you qualify yourself to do it, you have to understand what was wrong with the qualification of you allowing to do it in order to repent properly, right? It's like the lady that stole diapers for her baby. I needed formula for my baby in diapers. I stole them. I knew I wasn't supposed to. I knew I was going to go to jail. I was ready to do it because I needed to feed my baby. And what, you know, can you qualify that? Will God forgive her for that? Say, but you know, stealing was wrong because if you didn't steal it, guess what? You would have walked outside that store and someone would have been like, hey, I got a coupon for three free formulas and five packs of Pampers. Guys, I'm telling you, that stuff, that stuff is real. I am telling you, okay, I am telling you, it is so real. It's not even funny. It is so real. Okay, yesterday, example. So I cut in front of someone in line yesterday. Phoebe was like, can we go get like an ice cream cone from McDonald's before we go home after school, right? And I'm like, fine. So when we (laughs) were driving, obviously, I'm a good driver, okay? I cut this dude off. (laughs) I was waiting forever to get in line. And I I didn't really mean it, but I did mean it. And I was like, oh, I feel like crap. I knew that I was cutting him off, but I just didn't give a shit. And I was like, fine. So I go to the window. And I pay for her ice cream and then, uh, you know, here's a dollar or whatever. And I was like, you know what? I'll buy whatever the person got behind me. And they're like, are you sure? It's like $17 and something cents. I was like, that's fine. Here's $20. And Phoebe was like, why'd you do that? I was like, I cut him off and I feel bad. You know, I mean, you know, maybe the person was in a rush and obviously they need to get a lot of food. So it might be children waiting Damn, I feel like crap. She's like, oh, stop, right? So I pay for it and I go to the window 
And so there we are getting um, ice cream. And then the lady was like, hey, I have an extra cone. Do you want it? And I was like, um, no. And she's like, here you go. And I got a free cone out of it. I got a free cone for repenting the right way. I know it sounds really <laughs> that's a high price for a cone. It's not. It's realizing why did I qualify myself to be more brazen and skip in front of this person, which the poor guy was on a road um, it's called like Mayfield road and it's like super busy all the time. And he was trying to go across traffic. You're not going to get across traffic during school thing. Right. And it's like, I really didn't give a shit just as he had the opportunity to go in. I cut him off. I sped up and cut him off. So I'm just saying like, yeah, okay. It's just an ice cream cone. Right. But it's still something. So when you qualify something, why did you steal? Why did you lie? Why did you mislead? Why did you say the bad thing? When you qualify it and you understand yourself, again, going back to getting to know thyself, then you're able to answer that question. Because as I was standing in the line waiting to order her ice cream cone, I was thinking in my in my mind, I was like, all right, why did I cut him off? Because I'm in a hurry. Why else? Because I have to pee and I have to drive for 20 minutes. So I don't want to stay here because I'm going to have to pee. That was basically my justification. <laughs> that was my justification. So I'm thinking about that in my head and I'm like, yeah, but the other guy, you saw him from like three lights ago, you know, waiting to turn. And just as he had that experience, you sped up on purpose to cut him off and get into the McDonald's line. And I felt bad. And I was like, damn, you know, what if the person was in a rush, you know, and, and I, and, and that's, that was it. And so I paid for his, or her, I don't know who they are, food. Um, there were two people in the car that I saw. But they ordered $20 worth of food. So maybe it was just for them. Maybe it was for kids. You know, it's after school. I got a free ice cream for that. And that's, and, and, and that's what I'm trying to say. There's so much abundance out there. Honestly, there is. That if you're doing good, it comes back to you 20 million fold. I kid you not. I can't even explain to you what situations I was in a year ago today. It's impossible there's nothing impossible. People that have been in my life, you know, I, I go through my texts, right, from last year and I'm like, holy crap, I had this, 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 and look at me now. It's completely different. I'm in another mindset. I'm, I'm feeling better, you know, and, and that's because I, I relinquished control and accepted what is. And that's what we're going to learn about today, the what is and what this whole, you know, they call it astral projection. I don't want you to, to, to think of it like that. See, it's way too fruity. So before we get in there, before we get into that, I want us to finish up what we need to know for news because I sidetracked today. Um, so there's two things that we need to um, review today. And that's one about um, what Lindsey Graham said about his meeting with Trump. And then, um, again, the FC Democrats uh, censoring, uh, you know, free speech, which is bad. Oh, and how the polar bear for Coca-Cola, I mean, all of us know, no need to say it. You know, they're fired. Their polar bear is way too white for them. Uh, that backlash on them real quick. So I want to play this for you um, because it's quite interesting. Here we go. Lindsey Graham told reporters what he and former President Trump talked about over the weekend and what their plan is for the 2022 election. Graham says Trump is actively working towards a Republican majority in Congress. 
Before meeting Trump, Graham told reporters on Friday that the GOP needs to be united and that the worst possible outcome is for Republicans to continue to argue with each other. News of the meeting with Graham comes days after Trump's team announced that the president will deliver his first public speech since leaving the White House. He plans to speak at the Conservative Political Action Conference on February 28th. Former senior White House advisor Stephen Miller said Trump will talk about issues like standing up to China, dismantling the big tech monopoly, and defending free speech. Two House Democrats are asking cable providers what they have done to combat so-called misinformation surrounding the 2020 election. The FCC commissioner calls this an attempt to stifle free speech. A chilling violation of free speech rights. That's how the commissioner of the Federal Communications Commission, Brendan Carr, describes Democrats' message to cable providers. The letters suggested conservative media outlets played, quote, a major role in the spread of dangerous misinformation that enabled the insurrection of January 6th and hinders our public health response to the current pandemic, unquote. The Democrats asked what the cable companies are doing to stop the spread of what they call misinformation. But Carr says by writing letters to cable providers, Democrats are telling them they will pay a price if the news media they carry don't conform to the Democrats' political narratives. On Tuesday, two House Democrats on the committee from California sent a letter to cable companies like Comcast and AT&T. They also sent a letter to Spectrum, Dish, Verizon, Roku, Amazon, Apple, and Google. The committee leaders said some broadcasters and cable networks increasing reliance on conspiracy theories and misleading or patently false information raises questions about their devotion to journalistic integrity. In reference to conspiracy theories, the committee is presumably referring to news coverage of election fraud. That's after the presidential election that was riddled with irregularities and allegations of election fraud with hundreds of witnesses refuting the results. The House Committee on Energy and Commerce is set to meet Wednesday to address the media's role in promoting disinformation. Two Democrat leaders in the committee pointed to the prolonged severity of the CCP virus pandemic and the Capitol siege. They claim these occurrences suggest disinformation on news media presents a destabilizing threat. Fox is one of the accused news media that these cable companies carry. Fox said in a statement that for individual members of Congress to highlight political speech they do not like and demand cable distributors engage in viewpoint discrimination sets a terrible precedent. I want you to understand that they're not targeting the channels. Are you listening to me? I want you to pay attention to what I'm telling you right now. And this is why I'm re I replayed that. They're not focused on the channels. You understand that, right? They're not focused on the TV channels. Okay? They don't want to remove OEN. They don't want to remove Newsmax. They don't want to remove Fox. They want to remove other media channels. They want to remove podcasts. They want to remove vlogs. They want to remove people that know their little groups are con congregating and they're on there. They don't want to remove them. They're targeting the big dogs. Remember what I've always said. If you have a goal, you place your goal to go to the sun so at least you could get to the moon, right? You place a big goal so that you can get somewhere in the middle. You understand that? This is where uh, other news sites will be shut down. Anyone using Amazon, like, you know, obviously Parler, that was a fix. I don't care what anybody says. Oh, they, this, no. Data, 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 data. 
data, 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 data. And this election was not about your vote, because if you could vote, you wouldn't be voting in the first place. It was about data, 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 data. Guess how many private companies had voter data before the elections? Tons. Tons. What? Tons. So it's all about data. So they are targeting the big ones to get rid of the small ones, like internet radio, mm? that are housed on where? On apps, on casts. That's what they're targeting. I want you guys to understand that. That's what they're targeting. Hence why I've been investing time and thought into something that is to come. And obviously, you know, Quix is going to be coming out too. Um, but it's really important to, to, to think ahead because the present, the past, and the future are all simultaneous. So that's where we're going to get into a little bit of um, what people, people call, okay, third eye spies. Let me see if I can find a clip because I know some people said um, there's clips on it um, on here. I'll show you the, the trailer. So that way you can understand what we saw um, yesterday, and that way you can understand the topic of today. For those of you that didn't do movie night with us yesterday on Prime, um, and you know, I, I you know what I don't like people saying, "Oh, I have to pay Prime to see it." It's like um, on YouTube, you can't have a movie watch party. You can't have one on Amazon or BitChute or anything without getting struck down with copyright. So stop complaining. It's not my rules. It's their rules. And if you're a Prime member, you can watch it because you've supposedly subscribed to Prime so you can see it. So, you know, when people keep saying that, it's so aggravating because it's like, are you serious? Oh, yeah. So I have to pay Prime in order to watch it? Yeah, you do. Because you can't watch a movie for free anyway. You pay for cable, don't you? I'm just saying, like, stop saying that. It's so, you know, <laughs> crazy when people say it. And also when you link, if you do have Amazon Prime, you can link your Twitch account and you can subscribe to a channel for free with your Prime, just so you know. Um, so, you know, if you don't like Prime, then you can watch it somewhere else and you could join the chat, but I can't share it on, on the platforms because that's the way the rules are. You know, I'm not going to change the rules or, you know, annihilate my channel because, you know, someone's upset that they don't want to pay and that's not fair. Uh, it totally is. It's the law. You know, it's called copyright. All right. So um, here we are with the official trailer for the movie that we watched yesterday. So that way you get into it. If you had an ability to be able to remotely perceive stuff any place in the world, that could be an extraordinary intelligence source. We found that many individuals are able to accurately describe what's going on in distant locations. Are you saying that the work you've been doing is classified? It was a research facility. That was all that we were going to tell them. The Russians have been spending millions of dollars investigating so-called ESP. Psychic spies. Almost a psychic arms race here. Is there any real application to this? 
I think remote viewing has been demonstrated over the 20 years of work that's been sponsored by the government. Producing crucial and vital intelligence to the NSA, CIA, DEA, and the Secret Service. I began to feel frightened. The KGB did it next. What's really going on here? State-sponsored assassination attempt. The CIA was lying. They wanted to kill the program. Storm brewing. This is real. I say no more secrets. Let this information out. So that's the movie we watched yesterday. It's a documentary. So a lot of people associate... um, um, remote viewing, um, ESP, and all these things to fruity uh, acts, hippie stuff, meditation, uh, you know, whatever, um, uh, you know, all these things, yoga, whatever you want to call it. It's actually science. It's actually math. So I'm going to let you in on something. So, um, from the sense of the biodome, everything on this planet, including rocks and elements and fish and birds and trees and animals, all exist to coexist. If you think about it, humans are the ones that really don't belong because we don't have innate defenses to the elements. We have to use the biodome to maintain our safety. Because a lion can sit out. He doesn't need to wear clothes. He doesn't need to build a house. I mean, he can go under a tree for shade. Uh, You know, he can do a lot of things. But human beings, right, are not native. Yet, everything on this planet is genetically connected to humans. So it was created for humans to serve humanity. And all the beings that are there are there to keep the balance. Uh, The bird that eats the worm, the worm that eats the bug, the lion that eats the giraffe, you know, it's to keep the population. It's to, 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 right? The trees, for the oxygen, for the food, for the shade, for the sources and resources you need to build. It is on this planet uh, for humans. So everything here is supposed to serve you, period. Kind of like how we talked about niobium. Did you guys see that? It was on Fox that they're talking about rare earth metals used to be called the quantum uh, rare earths, right? Quantum earth metals. Um, Because this is the future. Why? They've kept it under wraps and hoarded it and kept it away because it can actually work with your body. Dentists found out that it regrows enamel when they tell you that enamel can't regrow. Once it's gone, it's gone. It can regrow bone. It can stimulate bone growth, meaning you lost a limb. Maybe we can rub some niobium on that. I mean, has anybody tried it? Probably. Is anybody talking about it? Fuck no. Because they constantly keep things secret. And you have to ask yourself, why are they keeping it secret? 
Now, in this part that we're going to talk about, and this is where they're wrong, so I'm going to demystify the science behind this. It's not tutti frutti. It has nothing to do with, uh, you know, meditating and listening to, to, to language is, you know, from afar and ringing bells, right? <laughs> or bulls, <laughs> whatever. I mean, if it, if it does it for you, whatever. Because actual ability to see is not because you can project yourself somewhere. It's because you can hi hijack a network. Example, how is it that your computer can see information in France because it rides on a wave of energy in the internet where it goes to from your house to your, um, you know, um, center of internet and it pings off to another, to another, to another, to another, to another, to another, until it gets to where you need to go. It hops across that energy field to get where it needs to go, right? It hops off. So I want you to think, if you as a human being have the ability to resonate energy, right? Energy, you, you have energy and, you, and you're resonating, then that kind of means that um, you have uh, the ability to convey it, right? Convey it. But the question is, can you be a receptor and receiver? And this is where quantum comes in, right? Quantum comes into the whole uh, speck of it. So I'm going to start with quantum field theory realized. This is a pretty interesting video. I haven't watched all of it. I skimmed through it. But it's quite interesting in the way it explains it to you. Welcome back to Science Click. Today, quantum field theory. Unlike a marble which has a definite position, at the microscopic scale, a particle does not really have a position. Its presence is distributed throughout space with more or less probability. This description of particles as waves of probability is called quantum mechanics. Quantum mechanics allows us to describe the evolution of a particle over time. However, this description, as effective as it is, fails to take into account two considerations. Firstly, quantum mechanics cannot describe situations where the number of particles varies over time. However, in nature, we often observe that particles can appear or disappear, like when a photon gets absorbed by an electron in an atom. Secondly, quantum mechanics treats each particle independently. However, within a family of particles, such as electrons, all exhibit the same properties and behaviors. How is it that an electron coming from the far reaches of the cosmos has exactly the same mass or charge as an electron in an apple? To answer this question, we will have to build a new mathematical framework, a more general description that reconciles quantum mechanics with special relativity. We will construct the most successful framework available for describing the microscopic world. In this video, we build together quantum field theory. To begin with, let's start with an empty universe. Relativity teaches us that the fabric of the universe is space-time. To simplify, we will represent only two dimensions of space, 
as well as the dimension of time. We now want to fill our universe with content, matter. We saw previously that all particles of the same type, for example all electrons, appear perfectly identical, as if they were only local manifestations of a single underlying object, which would fill the whole universe, a field. So let me just stop right there. So an electron from the depth of the cosmos is identical to an electron in an apple. And an electron that circles one of your five elements of life, hydrogen, carbon, nitrogen, oxygen, and phosphorus, are identical, right? So if they're identical, they communicate, right? So if they're identical, they communicate. So this is what you need to understand. If they are identical, they identify each other. Just, just keep that in mind, that all of them are identical. To add content to our universe, we will therefore start by adding a field. In mathematics, a field is like a fluid which fills all space-time, each point of which is populated by a mathematical object. It can be a field of numbers, vectors, or other more exotic objects. That said, special relativity imposes some restrictions. It forces us to respect certain symmetries which correspond to the geometry of space-time. Symmetries of translation, rotation, or changing frame of reference. And keyword is restrictions. So who has placed these restrictions? Man has placed these restrictions in order in their little mind to understand how things are. So they take space and time as how it is. But when you think about it, you know, the movie, I'll tell you, showed a guy who was able to not only find a location, but he was able to be in that location underground and read documents and see the documents. So one would say, did he physically transport himself there and saw it? No, because did you physically transport yourself to see what you wanted to see in France from your computer? What did you do? Simply, the request that you put with your click went through one person to another person through their eyes to see where it was going, and then you were able to visualize it from where it was. You understand? It is a fixed point of created constructs that your cyber request goes through. So, for example, let's pretend. Hypothetically speaking, if I wanted to troll, you know, Ali Akbar right now, I could say that, you know, he's sitting down in a white t-shirt uh, on a chair that swivels and he's wearing a sweatpants and, he, and, and he's barefoot and he's really upset because he has no access to something and he's, you know, trying to figure out a new game plan with two people in a room. Now, one would say, how do you know that? You don't know how I know that, right? I could just be saying it. But on the other hand, you could simply make that request on the internet and see if anyone is, you know, there or if there is an access portal to it so that you can see it. It is like a computer, like, you know, how they say they spy on you with their cameras, 
right? Oh, I can open up your laptop camera and see. Could be done through that. Could be done through whatever person's in there that's sitting there. Maybe their phone is on. Maybe you put a camera. Maybe, you know, they have a bionic eye. Or maybe you could just hijack their eye and see. I'm just saying, these are all frequencies and signals. I want you to kind of let that percolate for a little bit, okay? Percolate for a little bit. You don't have to sit there and concentrate. You have to make the request. That's why it was so dangerous. And that's why the CIA took hold of someone and then said they were dead, but they burned their body and then told the wife that they were dead. You know that they were in a basement forever and ever and ever, trying to find vaccines and ways to silence the ability to be able to connect to the networks, I'm just saying, because that would be terrible if the people knew what's really going on. Or what if the enemy finds our nuclear codes? Shut up. Your enemy already has the nuclear codes. They're all pretending that nobody has nuclear codes, that it's some big secret. Everybody has nuclear codes. Everybody has everybody's nuclear codes. There are no nuclear codes. What, Tori? No. <laughs> Bet. 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 Now, listen to him explain about these constructs. These symmetries are only respected by certain mathematical objects, and we can classify them with a parameter, spin. The simplest objects that we can use are numbers. We give them spin zero because when we rotate space around a number, it does not vary. Vectors, on the other hand, indicate a direction in space. Their appearance depends on the orientation in which they are observed. We assign them spin one because when we rotate space by a full turn, a vector also describes a full turn. Finally, Relativity also allows other more exotic objects, and in particular spinners, which have spin one-half. You have to make two turns around a spinner for it to come back to its initial state. All these mathematical objects seem very abstract, and some are difficult to understand, but technically they all obey the symmetries of relativity, and are therefore potential candidates with which we could fill our universe. In addition to imposing the types of objects that are allowed, space-time symmetries also set restrictions on the way objects behave inside the field. Each symmetry forces the field to respect the conservation of certain quantity over time. To obey relativity, our field must respect the conservation of energy, momentum, angular momentum, and velocity of the center of mass. Moreover, the mathematical objects themselves can contain symmetries of their own. If we decide to form a field with complex numbers, for example, they exhibit an internal symmetry, which implies the conservation of another quantity over time related to the very nature of complex numbers, the electric charge. See, this is man trying to explain how things work on a quantum level and the field that it sits at. He goes through models. I just wanted you to see how he kept saying in the construct and with respect to and this and that, respect this, respect that, do that, 
No, that's not how it goes. So let's talk about time for a second, right? Let's talk about time. And when did time become history? It's called the human era. And I found a really cool video that has a lot of misinformation, and I know a lot of you will spot it out, but it's still quite interesting the way they put it together. The way they put it together. Because then, based on the fact that I told you that maybe, for example, if you take this fruity perception that they've sold you of what having these abilities are, oh, they're psychic. They just drop cards and they know, right? Or this or that, or they can astral project. They can see their body go over there. When you can literally right now, you know, in your mind per se, um, you know, go on your computer, let's say, and you want to see what's going on at the Eiffel Tower right now. You could just go on there and find an Eiffel Tower camera, right? That's what the computer can give you. Well, what if you, as molecular software, was able to uh, go through the molecular software space and actually be there and see that it's windy, that there's people out there eating um, baguettes with, um, you know, uh, meat inside, fried meat inside, walking about, um, that there's police officers flanking to the right. You could probably see all that if you were able to tap into the fixed line intercepts that uh, exist because it's all energy. Remember, you vibrate. Remember, everything is energy. None is created nor destroyed. It is merely transferred. And how does, you know, your whole access through the internet to things happen via energy? It's not destroyed or created. It is simply and merely transferred. So let's go to the Someone one. coming into your kitchen and taking a few tools, a pan, and your garbage. Then they bury everything in the woods. 12,000 years later, an archaeologist is trying to figure out who you were, what was important to you, what video games you played, what you believed in, and what informed your decisions. Because you happened to live during a remarkable time in human history. The Planetary Revolution, when humanity transitioned, becoming a multi-planetary species. In that time, our numbers would explode by orders of magnitude. Our technology and standard of living would improve to levels previously thought impossible and our self-conception would change forever. And all the future archaeologist has to learn about is your junk in the woods. While we can only hope that this will be someone's problem in 12,000 years, we have the same problem today. We're trying to reconstruct a revolution that took place 12,000 years ago. Today, only shadows remain of the people who experienced our distant past as their present. What remains from our past? We can look at our present in crispy 4K in color and sound. Three generations ago, the world was just black and white. One more generation and we see the world through blurred photographs. Further back, paintings and texts become our main way of experiencing the past. A mere 20 generations before us today, every written word had to be copied by hand and reports became more scarce and less reliable. The first historian lived a mere 100 generations ago. Before him, there are only epics and legends, 
and decking's bragging on pieces of stone. 250 generations ago, there are only fragments left in the ground and images stripped of their original meaning. Eventually, humanity becomes basically invisible. Still, we do know some things about our ancestors. Let's try to tell their story and what it means for us today. The Greatest Transition in Human History For some 2 million years, or roughly 80,000 generations, the life of our ancestors was basically the same. It was around 20,000 years, or 800 generations ago, that the behaviorally modern humans began a process that would change our lifestyle forever. At first, gradually, for some of us, then faster, for more of us, and then, suddenly, for almost all of us. Back then, there were about one million modern humans on Earth. Most other human species had died out, probably with a little help from us. Our ancestors' biology had given them the necessary tools. A general intelligence to understand things, a social intelligence to understand each other, and language to express abstract ideas and create new concepts. These were people just like you. They suffered and experienced joy, were bored, cried and laughed. They lived in communities of a few dozen people. They controlled fire and had tools made from wood, stone and bone, told stories, mourned their dead and created art. They traded with other tribes, from obsidian to shellfish. Some hunted big game and were very mobile, others relied more on plants they collected and others mostly stayed in one area with an abundance of seafood. This was the common state of humanity for most of our history. Uh, so humanity was expanding exponentially and propelling itself in social aspects, communication aspects, emotional aspects. For a long time, they remained like that. Remember how I said, oh, and suddenly people just woke up in the 1800s and said, that's what's up. Let's make computers. <laughs> Electricity. Just totally out of the blue, where for hundreds and thousands of years, they didn't have any of that shit. Okay. Until a slow transition, step by step, turned into a revolution. Step by step. The first solid evidence for this stems from the Jordan Valley, where our ancestors collected wild wheat more than 20,000 years ago. They noticed that seeds in the ground made more plants the next year. If they put good ones in one place, the next year they had more of the good ones. This was a great supplement to hunting and gathering. You could prepare some crops, return next year, build a temporary settlement and have a secure food supply. Our ancestors used these bonus crops to bake the first bread and brew the first beer. With every generation, they gathered deeper knowledge about the plants and animals around them and how to manipulate them to their advantage. But there was a lot to learn. Very slowly, from generation to generation, pockets of knowledge expanded and were passed along to be expanded again. Almost like it was an expanding universe that forever expands, I see. This early agriculture started to drastically reduce the space our ancestors needed to feed one individual, which made it possible to stay in one place longer. Around 12,000 ago, these little pieces of progress had reached a critical mass. Most of the calories we consume today stem from about 15 different founder crops that humans began to domesticate in earnest in the next few thousand years. What we call the agricultural revolution 
was not a thing that began suddenly one day. It was a slow process driven by small groups over many generations. Eventually, gradual change gave rise to a new era. The human era. During the next few thousand years, progress would speed up and turn hunter-gatherers into farmers who lived in villages, towns and then cities. When farmers moved into new areas, they replaced the nomadic tribes or turned them into farmers too. This was neither easy nor painless. In the early days, people had a diverse diet made up of up to 250 different plants and animals. For some of the groups transitioning to agriculture, the variation in their diets declined drastically and some even seemed to have been undernourished. And living close together and with animals created a breeding ground for disease. So as people got lazy, right, they got malnourished and then disease came up. Hmm. Virtually every infectious disease caused by microorganisms that have adapted to humans arose in the last 10,000 years. Cholera, smallpox, measles, influenza, chickenpox, and malaria. Mortality, especially among children, rose drastically. Still, our numbers grew because living in the same place enabled women to bear far more children than before, and for a farmer, more kids mean more hands to work the fields. Even with more people dying younger, villages and towns grew. The number of humans on Earth exploded. About 100 generations after the beginning of the human era, there were already 4 million of us. This increased the need for food and forced people to come up with ever more efficient ways of producing calories, solidifying our new lifestyle. Going back to hunting and gathering would have just meant death by starvation for most. One question remains unanswered. Why? Why would people exchange the freedom of living off nature with a huge variety in food for the grind of agriculture and often more limited diets? Nobody knows for sure. Climate change seems to have made the transition possible <laughs> and some scientists argue that it was caused by external factors like undernourishment or overpopulation, both highly contested. Or control maybe, right? Because someone wanted to be a leader. You can't have people being free and having a variety of diet and, you know, no, it's climate change. There we go. Climate change. See, it tells you everything you need to know. Let's think about that for a second. Why did humans decide that they wanted to stop doing it? Think of, think of it this way. If we were still hunting and gathering and trying to survive from being eaten by lions and tigers of bear and bears, would we have the time to create paintings? No, we wouldn't. Would we have the time to explore medicine? Maybe. I mean, they all had shamans, right? And their job was to be fed by the village so they could, you know, um, investigate herbs and stuff, right? But I want you to think about it. What changed? What changed was power. See, as things started to become comfortable, they realized that by keeping people comfortable, you can gain more power over people. People, once they taste being comfortable, they do not want to go back to being uncomfortable. I mean, even, even back in the day where they were, you know, digging and, and plowing farms all day, if suddenly their farm went dead, they'd go hungry. Why? Did they forget how to hunt? You see, it's because, uh, what, it was uh, too beneath them to go and pick berries? 
oh, wait a minute. Maybe someone owned the berry trees now because they claimed them so. You see where I'm going with this? This is where it comes to control. Now, you know, if someone was to ask me, well, what is the end game here? I mean, what is the purpose? And, and I'm someone that's deeply, you know, devout to my creator, to my God. I could tell you that the end is the beginning. And if people understood that from reading the first words of Genesis, you would understand that the end is indeed the beginning. I want you to just, just think about that. Don't, don't take it at face value. Ponder on it for a bit. Because he tells you everything you need to know. And you realize it because the end is indeed the beginning. Because what have we been seeing? A constant cycle. And it's like, when will we learn? When will we learn? When will we learn? It's constantly a cycle of doing the same thing and expecting a different result. Yet here you're seeing the evolution. They're claiming climate change. What is the big thing now? Oh, it's climate change again. External forces. Well, what stopped them from saying, you know what, I'm just going to go hunt berries and I'm going to have a log house and I'm fine with that. And if I have free time, I may paint, I may ponder, I may try to invent mathematics. That's another one. It's like, come on, uh, we know better than that. The more comfortable they have you, the more dependent on them they have you, the less you use the six inches between your ears. Today, the most widely accepted idea is that it was a deliberate choice made by countless communities around the globe. Maybe it's also connected with what makes us human, the ability to come together, develop shared identities and exchange stories and knowledge. Some archaeologists think that groups of hunter-gatherers traveled long and far to celebrate, to hold feasts and rituals. They would have used these occasions to talk about their version of innovation, better hunting and tool-making techniques, how to catch and breed animals, and which plants could be collected and multiplied. Maybe they even exchanged seeds. It's not unlikely that these gatherings were the catalysts that spread the knowledge of agriculture through the many isolated groups of humanity, ultimately ending a lifestyle that was common to our species for thousands of generations. So by being able to come together, celebrate, share and learn from one another, these humans might have taken the steps that led to our modern world and we have much to be grateful for. We are still the same humans today, even if it often doesn't feel that way. Maybe it's time to come together to share what we know and celebrate our existence once again, to begin another peaceful transition, maybe the planetary revolution that will change everything once more. So, hopefully, in another 12,000 years, our descendants will look back on us today with gratitude for the amazing world they are able to inhabit. To celebrate the achievements of our ancestors in the last 12,000 years, and to look with hope towards the next 12,000, we present you with the fifth Human Era Calendar for the year 2021. Yeah, okay, I'm not, I'm, <laughs> I'm not selling the calendars. But I wanted you guys to see that. There was a lot of misinformation, right? But there was a lot of stuff in there that, um, that gives you um, a little bit of room for thought.
I don't know why my screen keeps going black every time I swap screens. I'm sorry for that. Now, just to tidy this up, I want you to understand the limits of human technology. Limits of human technology. What are we referring to? Manufactured artificial intelligence. Of our history, human technology consisted of our brains, fire, and sharp sticks. While fire and sharp sticks became power plants and nuclear weapons, the biggest upgrade has happened to our brains. Since the 1960s, the power of our brain machines has kept growing exponentially, allowing computers to get smaller and more powerful at the same time. But this process is about to meet its physical limits. Computer parts are approaching the size of an atom. To understand why this is a problem, we have to clear up some basics. A computer is made up of very simple components doing very simple things, representing data, the means of processing it, and control mechanisms. Computer chips contain modules, which contain logic gates, which contain transistors. A transistor is the simplest form of a data processor in computers, basically a switch that can either block or open the way for information coming through. This information is made up of bits, which can be set to either 0 or 1. Combinations of several bits are used to represent more complex information. Transistors are combined to create logic gates, which still do very simple stuff. For example, an AND gate sends an output of 1 if all of its inputs are 1, and an output of zero otherwise. Combinations of logic gates finally form meaningful modules, say for adding two numbers. Once you can add, you can also multiply, and once you can multiply, you can basically do anything. Since all basic operations are literally simpler than first grade math, you can imagine a computer as a group of seven-year-olds answering really basic math questions. A large enough bunch of them could compute anything from astrophysics to Zelda. However, with parts getting tinier and tinier, quantum physics are making things tricky. In a nutshell, a transistor is just an electric switch. Electricity is electrons moving from one place to another, so a switch is a passage that can block electrons from moving in one direction. Today, a typical scale for transistors is 14 nanometers, which is about 8 times less than the HIV virus's diameter and 500 times smaller than a red blood cell's. As transistors are shrinking to the size of only a few atoms, electrons may just transfer themselves to the other side of a blocked passage via a process called quantum tunneling. In the quantum realm, physics works quite differently from the predictable ways we're used to, and traditional computers just stop making sense. We are approaching a real physical barrier for our technological progress. To solve this problem, scientists are trying to use these unusual quantum properties to their advantage by building quantum computers. In normal computers, bits are the smallest units of information. Quantum computers use qubits, which can also be set to one of two values. A qubit can be any two-level quantum system, such as a spin in a magnetic field or a single photon. Zero and one are this system's possible states, like the photon's horizontal or vertical polarization. In the quantum world, the qubit doesn't have to be in just one of those, it can be in any proportions of both states at once. This is called superposition. But as soon as you test its value, say by sending the photon through a filter, it has to decide to be either vertically or horizontally polarized. So as long as it's unobserved, the qubit is in a superposition of probabilities for 0 and 1, and you can't predict which it will be. 
that the instant you measure it, it collapses into one of the definite states. Superposition is a game changer. Four classical bits can be in one of two to the power of four different configurations at a time. That's 16 possible combinations out of which you can use just one. Four qubits in superposition, however, can be in all of those 16 combinations at once. This number grows exponentially with each extra qubit. 20 of them can already store a million values in parallel. So in other words, a qubit is duplicity, not singulars, meaning that it's pluripotent, let's say, with two outcomes, one or zero. So it can be both at the same time, which means it can be a zero or it can be a one. Now, zero is not really a number. It's the absence of a number. But let's just understand that for a second. It's telling you that it can be both. What is the difference between the construct of what we are trying to do? You can't create something that's a duplicate. You can't create a qubit. It must be an is. You can't have something that can be a one and a zero at the same time. That doesn't make sense. Yet, what does that tell you? It has the potential. The potential. And depending on the momentum, it'll give you the zero or the one. It has the potential. So, for example, a neural cell that um, is growing right now in your brain. Right now. Because they always do. Right? Regeneration of cells on your skin or whatever. It can choose to be a skin cell, a brain cell, myelin sheath cell. It can be anything. It's called, you know, it's non-determinate, right? But for some reason, you're told that all your cells, all of them, are predetermined. That's a muscle cell. That's a heart cell. And in a way, it is. But did you know that your cells within your bone marrow can be anything? So if it exists in your body that a cell can be anything, and it depends, it has the potential to be anything, a tooth, a hair, an eye, anything, right? It can be any type of cell, right? It can be any. That means the one and zero aren't really correct either, right? It can't be two things. It can't take one position. It can take any position. See, where most, and this is a discussion that I have with a bunch of people when we get together and talk string theory. I tell them that the, the, the wrong assessment is to create fixed nodes. Humans have this, uh, you know, constant thought of enslaving themselves into boxes. When they test, uh, you know, in the quantum field, an electron, remember how it said that it can go in any direction so it could have went anywhere, right? Remember when it, would, it had three slits and then suddenly it was going everywhere in that one video I showed you? Think of it that way. It's not ones and zero. Qubit is not ones and zero. It could be anything. It can be anything. For some reason, people tell you there's only two options. Fuck that. There's a third one always, and a fourth one, and a fifth one, and a sixth one. Ones and zeros are constructs. You either are or you either aren't. That's basically how you should take a qubit. But what it is, is not a one and zero. And this is why humans will never be able to replicate the software. And here's where we get to it. Now, yesterday's movie was talking about all these people that had the ability 
to precisely see things that they could have never seen before. Like that guy that went underground three levels, opened up filing cabinets. He didn't open them, but you know, you have to say he opened it, right? He didn't. He doesn't know. He just does. Or how people would sit there and draw something and it was, yo, that was the location. Like that's what's up, right? So you have to think, how did they do this? They don't know. It's potential, right? But here was what the problem was with the government. Those people, they cannot control. Because if you can't block information from someone, if you can't hide information from someone, if you can't stop someone garnering information, then you cannot control them. That is the ultimate threat, free speech. Big problem. Because it's not what you say. It's not what you draw, what you wear. It's what you think. They can't control your thought. This is why they control your speech, because if you control your speech, then you're thinking differently. And hence, why these programs that were investigating these things weren't investigating them to use them as weapons, right? Because they just end up strapped in a basement and no one looks again. And you know, you're going to be like, well, that guy was kind of famous, kind of famous, not that famous. It's not like someone took, you know, Millie Weaver and threw her in a basement. And then, oh, yeah, she died, uh, you know, heart condition, this is it. <laughs> Stop. That would never sit anywhere. It would be very difficult. Remote viewing is simply being able to go through the fixed line intercepts quite easily. Either those be uh, through the biodome and through uh, biomolecular um networks. And so they can't control that. So all these experiments that they were doing, which you think might've been done in order to weaponize was not to weaponize. They knew they couldn't control it. How the hell do you control someone that could go ahead and, you know, look at your nuclear codes like they're secret, whatever that can know everything, that can listen to Adam Schiff's calls, that could be a fly on a wall. How do you control someone like that? You can't. And how do you know they're not going to go rogue and just give it to an enemy? You can't. You can't. How do you know that they're not going to set the world on fire with giving out information? You can't. So what do you do? You take that person and you start making more people like that. So that way you can see how you can remedy that, how you can silence that ability. And so maybe you might introduce a vaccine to help with, uh, you know, swine flu in the seventies, because that might be able to silence the gene that you want. Remember that God gene thing that they were looking at and how they wanted to silence it in the middle East with vaccines. So you would experiment on these people in order to pull that information to see what is amplified, what is used. Remember in that documentary, and for those of you that haven't watched it, you should, um, even though it comes off really hippie-ish and whatever, I want you to strip away from that just to understand. They didn't know how, what areas were active. They just knew that it came from the core of the brain and they had no idea. So they had no idea where it was being generated. It was generated from the gut that inside unleashed free 
energy that everyone has underneath that garment you call skin, underneath that organ, the largest organ in the body called skin. So you have to think, if they dampen your ability to be able to discern, right, Um, and this is where you're at right now, they've obviously dampened your ability to do a lot more. And um, over time, humans have become lazy not because, um, because they like comfort. I mean, who doesn't like to be comfortable? Shit, I love to be comfortable, right? Who doesn't? Like, I don't want to go back to sleeping under a tree with rocks. Just thinking about it makes my back hurt. And by the way, <laughs> right? You're like, damn, does a chiropractor still exist if we're sleeping on the floor? You know, I don't want to go back to that. I like comfort, but they make us lazy in working for things, like actually physically using our bodies. Instead, they want us to use our minds because that's the last thing they need to control. This is why they put us on it, on that track. The brain fog everyone experiences all the time. The, look at, you know, I, I don't, you know, this new vaccine, Johnson Johnson came up with a one dose vaccine, right? It's like everyone that gets it, you know, I don't know. I don't feel good. I can't think straight because you know what they're dampening. They don't want you thinking. That's the only thing they can't control is your thought. So what they've tried to do over the past couple of centuries and what leaders have done in the past, kings, kings, emperors, is use fear and propaganda and marketing. And if that doesn't work, well, it's worked okay, right, ish. But, you know, there's more of us than there are them, right? They have to be, you know... A little bit, yeah, we can't chop people's heads off anymore. We can't say, oh, you didn't bow to the king, therefore you're sliced. Because, you know, then a thousand people will just come in here and and chop the head off the king. So we have to be a little bit whatever. So what we're going to do is chip away at their humanity, change whatever foundations they had, uh, just mess with their minds and make them all confused, give them fake news, real news. They won't know what's coming. And in the meantime, what we'll do is we'll give them rabbit holes to go through. When they're thinking that they're figuring things out, we're actually investigating how to keep them enslaved. And the way that they're keeping you enslaved is by controlling your thoughts. And your thoughts are expressed with your free speech. Again, why are they hindering free speech? Because if they can hinder what you can say, you will have to think about what you say first and therefore your thoughts change. So again, AI has played a really big deal in being able to identify uh, everything, identify your behavior, identify this. Why? Because they need to figure out then on a biomolecular level, what is it that they need to tweak and fix to make you emotionless or simply to obey? Again, very few. In the United States, we have about four families that run this nation, and they're nothing compared to the old money of the 13 lines, but they're still something. One of, you know, the Mercers. One of them is the Mercers. We know that. Koch brothers, right? Or Coke. I like Koch. But again, you have to think about it. It's all about control. They never experimented to help people. They never experimented to create weapons. You can't create a weapon you can't control. That's stupid because then the weapon's going to turn around and bite you in the end too. So when you think about quantum and they're telling you it's either zero or one, it's really not. It's anything. 
There's no limits. There's absolutely no limits. God created it like that. That there is limitless everything for you. You ask and you shall receive. But why are we asking and not receiving? Because we're not doing the work? Yeah, because we have to do extra work now. Because someone said that we're not allowed to think the way we were meant to think. Back in the day, I'm pretty sure, you know, when Adam and Eve messed it up for all of y'all. You know, they wanted to see what pain and hunger is. And there we are experiencing the pain and hunger because that's how you learn and you grow, right? But we didn't have to do that, you know. So we didn't have to do that. Quantum entanglement. So let's just finish this up because this is where the interesting part goes on. A really weird and unintuitive property qubits can have is entanglement, a close connection that makes each of the qubits react to a change in the other's state instantaneously, no matter how far they are apart. This means that when measuring just one entangled qubit, you can directly deduce properties of its partners without having to look. Qubit manipulation is a mind-bender as well. A normal logic gate gets a simple set of inputs and produces one definite output. A quantum gate manipulates an input of superpositions, rotates probabilities, and produces another superposition as its output. So a quantum computer sets up some qubits, applies quantum gates to entangle them and manipulate probabilities, and finally measures the outcome, collapsing superpositions to an actual sequence of zeros and ones. What this means is that you get the entire lot of calculations that are possible with your setup all done at the same time. Ultimately, you can only measure one of the results, and it will only probably be the one you want, so you may have to double-check and try again. But by cleverly exploiting superposition and entanglement, this can be exponentially more efficient than would ever be possible on a normal computer. So while quantum computers will probably not replace our home computers, in some areas they are vastly superior. One of them is database searching. To find something in a database, a normal computer may have to test every single one of its entries. Quantum algorithms need only the square root of that time, which for large databases is a huge difference. The most famous use of quantum computers is ruining IT security. Right now, your browsing, email, and banking data is being kept secure by an encryption system in which you give everyone a public key to encode messages only you can decode. The problem is that this public key can actually be used to calculate your secret private key. Luckily, doing the necessary math on any normal computer would literally take years of trial and error. But a quantum computer with exponential speedup could do it in a breeze. Another really exciting new use is simulations. Simulations of the quantum world are very intense on resources, and even for bigger structures such as molecules, they often lack accuracy. So why not simulate quantum physics with actual quantum physics? Quantum simulations could provide new insights on proteins that might revolutionize medicine. Right now, we don't know if quantum computers will be just a very specialized tool or a big revolution for humanity. We have no idea where the limits of technology are, and there's only one way to find out. This video is supported by the Australian Academy of Science. So what did it tell you? It said something pretty interesting, didn't it? It said that um, the bigger, more complex things, which are what? Proteins and molecules. Wait a minute. Um, I thought those were simple because there's, we know them all. So why is it so complex? I see. So we don't understand biomolecular communication. 
that's the key. This is where it goes. Man-made AI, man-made code is subpar to the creator's code, which is what you have. How the heck do all these, you know, cells vibrate at the same rate and stay as a solid? Because again, if you guys watched Bonnie Bassler's, um, Dr. Bassler's video on bacteria and quorum sensing on TED Talk, you probably never knew that 99% of your body is bacteria, right? You never knew that. Good, bad. This is why I'm totally against, you know, the whole um, sanitizing. But how is it that you're a solid? I mean, if you and I stand next to each other and someone had molecular vision, they would just see a bunch of atoms vibrating close together to make me up and vibrating close together to make you up. And when, when I place my hand on your shoulder, our um, actual the atoms, the elements combine. Uh, hence why you get a creepy feeling, a good feeling, <laughs> whatever, right? And chemicals, you know, the chemical attraction as they say, or um, from when someone speaks or how they smell, right? Everything is all about vibration. So you dictate your vibration or else you just dissolve into particles. And that goes into something that I want to show you before we end today's Tori Says Show, which is something that I talked about, that everything that you see is an illusion. I've said this many, many, many times. Everything you see is an illusion. And it's hard for people to understand that. Well, here's a guy talking about things from over five years ago on what he has accomplished. Take a listen. I've always found most exciting about the hologram effect and hologram illusion industry uh, is the ability to beam anybody from anywhere to anywhere uh, in real time. So what we've decided to do was we shrunk these giant hologram stage apparatus from big arena stage pieces into what you see right here. This is Portal. It's the size of a vending machine. Uh, it fits in the corner of a room and it beams in a 4K resolution image in real time, you can wow. create, you can beam anybody from anywhere to anywhere in real time. And when you're looking into the camera, you're looking into your audience's eyes. So if you're an educator, or if you're a uh, politician, or if you're an inspirational speaker or a religious leader, you could beam from the safety and security of your own campaign headquarters or from your own, uh, judges chambers or wherever, wherever you are into anywhere that you need to be in real time. So I can distribute portal hologram machines to any country in the world. And in real time, you can beam from wherever you are into as many places uh, at the exact same time. Uh, each portal has an audience facing camera so that when you beam in front of audiences around the world, the camera uh, sees the audiences. So I'm here with you right now. However, if I wasn't, I would still be able to see you because I've got an eye on you. Uh, oh. It's got speakers on both sides. So I can, uh, so you can hear me when I'm not here. And it's all completely self-contained. Uh, uh, my friends and I, we beamed Jimmy Kimmel to the Country Music Awards from Los Angeles. While he was doing his opening monologue, standing on a similar screen, we used green screen at the time, but we beamed him to Nashville thousands of miles away, time zones away, and in real time he was interviewing um, uh, artists who had literally just won country music awards, and then we were beaming them back 
using the same kind of reverse transmission, and they were performing live or doing an interview, and there was no, there was no latency. Um, when you use satellite, which could be funny uh, if you're not planning for it properly, uh, here's a polarizing story, but uh, one of the first things that we did was we beamed Julian Assange out of the Ecuadorian embassy. Where he when he was living in the Ecuadorian, and uh, he couldn't uh, he couldn't leave for obvious reasons. Uh, so what we did was uh, we got a call. Julian Assange was promoting a book, and he wanted to promote it in the United States in a place called the Nantucket Project, uh, which is like a TED Talks but on a small island uh, off the uh, you know on Nantucket Island. And so what we did was we beamed, we went up to the third third story conference room inside the Ecuadorian embassy, had a satellite truck outside, and then we beamed his image as he was sitting on a, uh, on a white stool. Uh, we beamed him to Nantucket, and then we had this guy named Eugene Jarecki, great documentary filmmaker and an interviewer. He was sitting opposite uh, Assange's hologram on the same white, so we bought two white stools. We sent one to Nantucket, we sent white, one to London, and they were, and you can Google it, it's amazing. They look like they're there at the exact same time facing each other, but there was about a half a second delay because it's a quarter of a second up and a quarter of a second down. So it's, um, when they were, it was, it really wasn't much of an issue until they tried high-fiving each other. They <laughs> <laughs> were having a little bit of trouble with that. But the late night talk show host had a great time with that. I, I won't even repeat the joke because I won't do it justice, but it, I'll, okay, so they, they couldn't really get the high five going, and then uh, I believe it was Jimmy Fallon that said, um, that's how all white people have. Did you guys know that Julian Assange wasn't really there? Where is Julian Assange? Did you guys know that he wasn't really there? Did you know that Jimmy Fallon wasn't really there? Did you know? Did you? Did you? And that's from years and years and years ago. And so your computer from last year is out of date. What do you think about Portal? You think it's still a white vending machine box? You think it can't be strapped to a Supreme Court chair? You think it can't be on a stage in front of you? Maybe it could be the window that's protecting people. You don't know that. There's a window there. Oh, it's for bulletproof. How do you know? That's the thing. People don't see beyond what's really, really there. Why? Because they don't give you this information. They don't want you to see this information. Tori, why didn't you tell us about this before? I've used those a long, long time ago. A lot of people have. The thing is, why don't you say it earlier? Because you're not going to hear it and you're not going to see it. Actually, you've been so desensitized to it that you won't even recognize it. You'll be like, oh, yeah, there's some wild stuff, but it won't click to you on how massive of a thing it is. Where's Julian Assange? Remember how I told you? Well, where is he? The last time we really saw him was, right, before the 2016 elections. So, uh, but he's in jail. Okay, sure. Okay, sure. But this, but uh, how do you know? How do you know the bulletproof glass isn't the new portal? How do you know? But I was sitting right there, and how would you know? I mean, you just saw how sitting in the vending machine, he looked totally 3D. How do you know again? I just want to know, how would you know? 
So when I say it's just an illusion, it is the technology we have will blow your mind and you realize just how asleep you've been because you've been comfortable and because you've been busy working to maintain that comfort that you don't have. Bills, jobs, health, they've thrown it all at you, all at your feet. And now this is where the final countdown is. They're taking away your freedom. Your freedom is a really big deal. Your ability to choose your leader is a really big deal. And they are stealing that from you. (laughs) Well, they've been stealing it. They're just blatant right now. Why? Because they want you to complain about it. They want you to fight about it. That way they can anger you to the point that you start becoming them. Now, word on the street is, is that Antifa is getting a little bit antsy lately with this whole Myanmar thing going on, right? Um, They want you angry. They want you on the street. They want you with guns. They want you to break stuff. They want you to walk into the Capitol and drag them out by their hair. They want you and they're like, you're not going to do it. Come get it. And you're not going to do it. Do you know why? Because then they win. You do it the right way. You do it the correct way because they have technology that you would never believe. And all those in the Senate know. That's why I say Senate and the House are two different monsters. When you enter the Senate, the person's never the same. (laughs) Never the same. So when you think about life, you think about what has happened. You think about what has transpired in society, the censorship. The blatant disregard for facts and truth. You understand that they're gaslighting you and simply putting you on your toes to piss you off to the point that you just don't care anymore and you're ready to throw hands. That's exactly what they want. That is where they're going. So, you know, when you, when you, um, think of these things and you get aggravated, remember They win with you getting angry. What you should do is laugh and say, all right, we're going to play it by the rules and we're going to take you. We're going to take it. You're going to watch us take it. Because when I hear President Trump's going to be running for 2024, you know what I hear? Oh my gosh, Bergie, shut up. Because you know what Bergie said? Oh, he's going to do a lot better from the outside. And I'm like, all right, let's play that card. He's going to be president. He is for six years. Six, because mm, 2024, stop, stop, stop. But to pacify the others, let's just pretend. See, because you never tell the enemy what you're doing. But Tori, you are. Huh. If Tori is saying it, there's nothing that can stop what's coming. And they know that. Everything that I have put out there has showed you that there is no going back. There is absolutely no going back. Now, they have tried to silence me by way of smearing me. It doesn't work because I'm not who you say I am. And you know exactly who I am. Why? Again, the most dangerous individuals are the ones that you just can't understand. And the more you dig, the more you come up empty. Because people like me don't exist. I've said this before. And... The answers to everything that we have been undergoing as a nation is actually found in mathematics. It is scientific. It is laid out. There is no gray area. It's a complete sentence. 
an equation is a complete sentence. One and one is two. You cannot mistake that. One and one is two. So if I give you a complete sentence, which is an equation, then so be it, right? I'm just saying. So you give a complete sentence and an equation, and so be it. You speak it. Do you believe that there were, um, you know, that they had these coffins coming out of the White House in front of you because someone died? Honestly, do you believe that? Do you believe that they would have them out there because someone died? Maybe. Maybe they got caught once. But then they were trying to do it again. So when you see the brown coffin, the white coffin, the stupid horse buggies that people are saying, again, do you think they did that because they wanted you to see because they don't have the technology for you not to see? Are you kidding? They wanted you to see it. They will not let you see anything they don't want you to see. What they don't want you to see, you will not see. Everything you see is purposeful. Everything is part of this PSYOP. Every little thing. Every little thing. Yeah, there's a video of Emerald Robinson giving a report at the White House, and right behind her is a truck holding up a freaking coffin. And then there's other ones that are showing other coffins being taken out of the White House. So, you know... Joe Biden, for example, how much you want to make a bet portal was used for that scene in town hall? Bet me. Bet me. Oh, we're just sitting in this uh, plexiglass because it's um, bulletproof. Is it though? Are you sure? And when he's present, why is it that one side of his face or head is more smooth? Face off, face off, face off. See, all of these things make sense when you put them together. They're gaslighting you. They're pissing you off. They are really taking the piss, as the Brits say, by trying to aggravate you to the point that you're like, fuck this. I'm coming guns a-blazing. That's what they want. That's what they want. Think plexiglass portal portal used to be a vending machine what six seven years ago and now it's what it could be just a plexiglass that's bulletproof again everything you see is an illusion anything you see they are allowing you to see they are letting you see remember that for people saying, oh, well, we saw this. Yeah, maybe if you caught them on a sneak, but when you see it again and again, mm, sounds like they're letting you see it. So today's news, everyone's talking about how, well, maybe Joe Biden shouldn't have the nuclear coat. Maybe Joe Biden's not here anymore. So therefore, man, 100 days, man, because if you put someone in the White House, wait a minute, think about it this way. What did I say about being unfit? Unfit. Unfit. Are you saying that a president has been elected who is unfit to have the nuclear codes? <sighs> That's considered treason because that brings peace and calm and enjoyment to our enemies. Fuck the 25th Amendment. Listen to what I'm telling you. Fuck the 25th Amendment. Anyone talking 25th Amendment is part of the swamp. Listen carefully to what I'm telling you. Are you saying that you allowed someone to take office and take that oath and you back them when you do not trust them with the nuclear codes? 
That sounds like treason. That sounds for grounds of annulment. You see, we don't need a 25th Amendment. We need an annulment for allowing the Democrat Party to endorse a person that they believe is not in their right state of mind or capable of holding the nuclear codes, then why did you vet him? Why did you promote him? Ergo, you put our country at risk, gave peace and enjoyment to our enemies, therefore annulment. That is the route people should be taking, not the fucking 25th Amendment, you clowns. That was their idea. How do you win? By challenging their ideas or coming in from the left field and saying, fuck you. I see you. I know Kamala is sitting there dribbling and drooling, waiting to take the seat because Soros said so. And I knew your plan. But then that means that you let them. Start justifying why they don't want him to have the nuke codes. You take that and you say, you endorsed a candidate. Tell me when you thought that he shouldn't have it. Was it yesterday, a week ago, a month ago? Let's check your emails. How are you going to stop him? Let's check this. Let's check that. Oh, oh, wait a minute. We already have that. So that's the thing. When you hear 25th Amendment say no. That means the Democrats endorsed someone they knew was out of their mind and not capable of running this nation. That means that it should be annulled. That means that they consider him a danger to this nation. Therefore, therefore, that administration, the Biden-Harris administration, should be null and void. And that will be the topic of tomorrow. Now, for those of you that are on Twitch, we're going to go raid some new um, person. (laughs) Never seen them before. Uh, So get ready for that. For those of you not on Twitch, I'm going to see you tomorrow. Same time, same place. God bless. Stripping in the world could be deemed a race Everybody's circling in a sculpture race Negative, nepotist Everybody's waiting for the fallen man Everybody's praying for the end of times Everybody hoping they could be the one I was born to run, I was born for this Whip, whip, run me like a race horse Pull me like a whip, cord Break me down and pull me up I wanna be the slip, slip Word upon your lip, lip Letter that you rip, rip Break me down